It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's look back at the action in the NBA on Martin Luther King Day. Can anyone say GG? Michael? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and does a straw have one hole or two? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by, who is it by? FanDuel. Yeah. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. Come and watch the video, listen to the audio, give a thumbs up, leave a comment. What's your answer to the straw question? Subscribe, notification bell. Make sure you're checking out the live trade deadline show. I want 20,000 people in there. We'll see if we get it. But I know all you blokes are just going to be too like, I'm too cool to tell people about watching the show. Just go tell them, mate. You're much cooler if you tell people to go watch the show Thursday, February 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. We've got a lot to talk about. There are 11 games across Martin Luther King Day and some really, really, really bloody interesting things that we need to talk about. We'll get into those in just a second. Just a little bit of news updates here. We did get word that Ivica Zubats is officially out tomorrow and... I believe I said this. I might not have. That is totally possible. I knew he was doubtful, but what I said was watch to see the designation and if they do change it into a strain. And they did. Maybe I didn't say that. Maybe I imagined it. That's totally possible as well. So he was that late scratch on Sunday, didn't play. And then Ty Lue was basically saying, yeah, we've got a bit of time off here, so we'll see. So I said, he's not going to play Tuesday. All right, so he's out Tuesday now. But they changed the word from tightness to strain. So that's worrying. I would say, obviously, he's out Tuesday. Their next game is Saturday. I would guess that he misses Saturday as well. Calf strain's probably two weeks, so let's see what happens next week. The NBA rushes players back all the time, so we'll see. Um, that boosts your value of Westbrook. Obviously, it's a two-game week, so it's not particularly strong here. And then Danny Tice and the old cockroach Mason Plumley have some back-end value in some deeper formats on those days that they play. But it is a good time to miss with only two games if you are uh, if it's a Zubats. We've got an update on Shaden Sharp, who has an uh, abdominal strain. He's out at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, John Armstrong, what do you think? Get that garbage out of here! Obviously, if you've got an open injured reserve slot, you just hold Shaden Sharp there. But he hasn't been playing well. He had a groin injury, came back, and he's got an abdominal issue. They're, I reckon they're pretty close to the same. Yeah, I reckon there will be a stretch later on in the season, late March, when they pull the fake injuries that they are definitely going to do. But do you think that Shaden is going to play out the entire stretch? No, he'll have a little stretch of games and he'll sit down as well as Justin Manea runs wild on you. So 
I I actually think I'd be okay moving on. Two weeks is not two weeks. This is two weeks, which might be three weeks. Which and and the guy's not producing anyway. And then a ramp up and then a shutdown. Maybe uh, I'm not sure it's worth it. In some cases, it will be for sure. I'm just not sure it's worth holding on to Shaden. I should have put a little um, note there. I didn't, but I, I'll do an audio note. That the Nuggets decided to troll the Philadelphia 76ers and they listed basically their entire starting five as questionable. Jokic, questionable hip strain. Porter, questionable knee inflammation. Murray, questionable bilateral tibia inflammation. Sure, no worries. Aaron Gordon, questionable heel strain. Contavious Coral Pope, right cervicothoracic strain. They're, they're, they're trolling them, yeah? Because of the Embiid ducking Jokic stuff. So everyone's the list of questionable. There's no reason for these Nuggets to all be questionable. They didn't play Monday. They played Sunday. They've had Wednesday. This is, this is their schedule. It's been every second day. Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. And then they have two days off going into Boston on Friday. That's their trolling, surely. I don't really think there's any... These are like Lakers questionable tags. I don't think there's any danger of any of these guys sitting. But we'll find out. Jokic, Porter, Murray, Gordon... K. Imagine they sit everybody. And then we're getting um, another Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan masterclass, which I guess is possible. Peyton Watson would be an interesting stream there as well. But who knows, man? What I do know is that you want, you've got to pay attention to it because if there's any inkling that these blokes are going to be out, it's the first game of the day. There's three games on. There's a million stream options there. Watson, Jackson, the two key ones that we would look at, depending on who is in or out. There you go. Let's look at some waiver wire trends. What has happened over the last 24 hours? Some always interesting things to pay attention to here. Who's the most added player? You'll be not surprised to know there's a lot of Grizzlies on this list. In fact, three of them. The Duck, Luke Kennard, number one, plus 17%. I know people are getting frust- get frustrated with him, but it's always worth remembering. Like, look at... Well, I'll, actually, I'll talk about him later. Hold him. In most cases. Vince Williams up 11%. Cool. We're on. We're on here. Good ad. Alf Stewart, the Flaming Galar, up 11%. I didn't really expect what we got from him today. We'll talk more about it later, but that worked out really well. The cashier, Xavier Tillman Sr., up 10%. We'll talk about it. I'm okay with holding. I think you think you should. John Kaminga up 8%. Interesting decision to stream Kaminga in after Draymond was announced as being back. But did, did it work out? I guess it was okay. And then David Roddy up 7%. <laughs> he sucks. Let's look at the most dropped players. Andre Drummond down 9%. Correct call. We just got something we didn't expect to happen today. Derek Jones down 9 Totally on board with dropping Derek Jones. Get that garbage out of here. Jaden McDaniels down 9 People got value out of him Sunday. He was really good. We can't really trust it, so that's cool as well. Norman Powell. Yeah, look, he's going to be streamed back in tomorrow for Tuesday. Absolutely fine. If you want to drop him, you drop him. Brandon Miller down 8 Totally on board. Get that garbage out of here. And Big Dick Nick Richards down 7%. I think that's a little reactive because he didn't play very well last game. But also, I get it. If you want to take a flyer on somebody else, I do think Mark might be back this week, Mark Williams. But who am I? A a crystal ball toting legend? No, I'm not. I've got no idea. Those dickheads there don't even know what's going on. So I don't know if Mark Williams is going to be back. Richards still is holdable. But if you do want to move on, are you actually losing that much? I would say probably not in the overall scheme of things. And then we can start talking Martin Luther King Day games because the first one was on. They were early. We know this. It was Houston. They were up against the Philadelphia 76ers and they did not win. The Sixers win at 124-115. But we've got to talk about Cam Whitmore. And I'm just, I'll throw this out here now. Cam Whitmore was one of the more egregious slides in the draft. It's panning out all right. GG Jackson was one of the more egregious slides in the draft. Hmm. 
One of the other more egregious slides in the draft that we haven't seen anything from, and maybe we don't go three of three on these, but it's always worth monitoring for later on in their career in in Dynasty Leagues. It's not going to happen for them this season. Do you know who I'm going to say? Let's see if you do know. Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller. Just something to watch. So much overthinking happened with Whitmore. He only played 23 minutes, but he had 14 and 6 with two threes, another 50% shooting night with one steal. I don't know when Tari um, next season's coming back. I wouldn't be holding Tari Eason, by the way. Whitmore is a better player than, sorry, better prospect than Eason, better prospect than Green. And it's just impossible to keep him off the court. But what is really interesting here is the Wild Thing played 13 minutes. Jason Tate had been starting. Jeff Green played 13 minutes. Whitmore is prioritized over them. I don't know that he's a must roster in 12s, but I'm interested. The other thing I want to talk about with younger players as well is to watch. And you know that I've said this a few times as well. Kobe Bufkin. Just watch Kobe Bufkin. I should have mentioned that. I'll mention it when we do the Hawks again. Kobe Bufkin. Good game from Brooksy. 18 and 6 with two steals. Dylan Brooks, 78% shooting. He's in the Ludort stream zone. He is um, uh, Texan Ludort. He's in that zone now. Or do we, is he Canadian Ludort? Well, they're both Canadian. That doesn't work, does it? Wow, they're both Canadian. There you go. Makes you think, doesn't it? Anyway, Dylan Brooks, good game. Shengun was 19, 9, and 6. But let's talk Jalen Green, because again, if you look on the surface, 20 points is sick, man. It's awesome. Love the scoring. And people will often stop at that first column. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Again, not terrible. Bad free throws, no steals, no blocks, 1-3, bad field goals. He's a category nightmare. He's fine to roster, but he's absolutely not for everybody. And he's only played 27 minutes. He got benched because he struggled. And Ben Thompson, I thought, flashed a little bit more here, 14-3. We're only dealing with him in deeper leagues. I still do believe in him long-term for uh, for dynasty formats. Not good from Fred Van Vliet. Maybe a buy low. Eight points with two threes. And Jabari Smith had 13-7. and seven. He's relatively inconsistent, old mate Jabari. Let us go on to the Philadelphia side of things. Embiid returned. He had 41-10 and 10 in 31 minutes, and he's going to play tomorrow. So good work from him. And Maxi had 27-1-7. and seven. Another good game. Toby Harris did not play well. He took seven shots. That's not really enough, is it? He had 10 points with two threes. He'd been playing really well, and he's 52nd over the last two weeks. But is that the Embiid factor? Oh, I'd say it's a big part of it. We're holding Toby, but we know the frustrations that go alongside him. And there are frustrations with Kelly Oubre. Now, Kelly Oubre had four steals, which is awesome. If he didn't have those steals, it would be trash. Seven points, 26 minutes, no assists. He's just not that good. And I do not think that you need to roster him at all. Get that garbage out of here. Not at all, but in 10 or 12s, I don't think you need to. Even with DeAnthony Melton out, I'm not sure he's a must. Batum did the opposite of a Jalen Green. He had five points. You go, well, that's terrible. But then five rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. The 29% is rough, but he's a nice little deep league streamer who's got a relatively secure role. And we're seeing that game after game after game. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help 2024. What is it the year of for you? Well, don't make it a year of gigantic, drastic changes that are extreme that you can't keep up with because that's not productive for anybody. What therapy can help you do is to find the little things that you're good at, the little things that you win at, the little things that you can build on and add little pieces to that to help you build a better you, get get better. Like you said, well, okay, I've told my therapist here, look, what I'm going to do, what I did last year was I organized my desk. And I go, that's fantastic. Well done. Not a therapist, probably not how they speak. But then it's like you build a little thing. Well, how about... Even the next year, 2024, we look at fixing this part or reorganizing this part and streamlining your work zone and whatever it is, just little pieces versus the New Year's resolution of I'm going to walk four hours every day and eat two lettuce leaves. That's not sustainable. Therapy helps you do realistic things within your own capabilities 
to help improve yourself, your life, your work, everything. So if you're thinking about joining therapy or starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online, it's convenient, suited to your schedule, and you fill out that questionnaire, you get matched with a therapist, and if it doesn't work, oh well, you pick a new one. No charge, switch it over, get that rapport building. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the NFL Playoffs are rolling. Week one of the playoffs super wildcard round is done. But that doesn't mean you still can't get on the action because you can with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Imagine if you could have gone on FanDuel and go, oh, the four remaining teams in the NFC would be quarterbacked by Jordan Love. Um, I'm trying to test my memory here. Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Brock Purdy. Who's the other team that is left? over that side. I've forgotten, but it was someone equal... Jared Goff. There you go. Imagine the parlay. You could have dropped in the parlay hub to say that those would have been the final four teams on FanDuel. And did you know they do have a parlay hub? I wasn't just making that up. They've also got live same-game parlays over at FanDuel. You get that $150 in bonus bets if you win or lose with any $5 bet. What more could you ask for? The answer is nothing. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Almost almost missed that quarterback. Almost didn't get Jared Goff. But we're here. We're ready to go. Game two. Pelicans. Mavericks. Mavericks get revenge. Really hard to beat a team two games in a row. Really hard. But they win the game, the Pelicans, without Zion Ingram, CJ, uh, and Trey. And then they all come back and they lose. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? 125-120, the final score here for the Pelicans. McCollum played 29 minutes. He had 23-6-4. Continues to be the higher usage player on this team, which, again, is really baffling to me. But whatever. That's the way they're running things. And they've been successful, so I'm not coaching them. Good game from him. The defensive stuff has dried up a little bit, but he's been much better than anticipated. But what we do need to watch here is, there's a few things. Zion, 30 points. Great. Pretty bloody empty, though. 30 and one rebound. One. My guy, do something. Three assists. Good field goals. Bad free throws. It's the Zion Williamson story. But that's not the big thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about the centers. Because Larry Nance played 26 minutes and Valanciunas played 19. Now, Valanciunas did have four fouls. But this is a trend that we've seen so many times. Old mate Lance had 14 and 8 with three steals. I called him Lance. His name's Nance. That's an unbelievably good line. That is a 12-team line. But we've been down this road before with Nance. He might play 21 minutes. He might get hurt. There might be a blowout. He doesn't come back in in the fourth quarter. He plays 16 minutes. That's bloody good. Like, I would add him in all 14-team leagues. Absolutely. Larry Nance is now top 100 over the last two weeks in 20 minutes a game. He's got an unbelievably suited game to category leagues. Not points leagues as much. Category leagues. But what he's doing now, he's chopping the dick off Valentinus. Oh, JV had 6-6 six and six in 19 minutes with two blocks. He was rolling top 40 this season because, I'll be honest, I got it wrong. I, I actually, did, I get, did I get it wrong? That, maybe that's the theme of today's show. Did I get it wrong or something else? Because I thought, well, they're just going to limit him. Nance is going to play. And then at the start of the season, even when Nance was healthy, they didn't. It was just all JV. And I went, okay, well, they're going to play JV and Zion together. And then Willie Green said, no, we're actually not. 40 games into the year. So... I think JV's probably going to end up around the spot that you draft him, around 100. After a red-hot start, ice-cold finish, he's going to end up in the similar, similar spot, I guess. But let's talk about Brandon Ingram. I was listening to the low post. Side note? Side note. Listen to the low post, and they'll talk All-Star, and Zach was saying how he doesn't have his ballot anymore. Chris Herring was on. I really like Chris Herring. Good, good, good guy. I actually met him once over in Summer League. Good guy. But he's like talking about his All-Star team. And we all have different opinions, and I can't slander the man at all. Like, for having a different opinion, that's totally fine. If you came and told me that um, Dylan Brooks was an all-star, I'd say, come on, like, what, what are we doing? You, you, you're talking out your ass. That's no way. 
But he's like naming his team. He's like, oh, Brandon Ingram's on my also team. And oh, even Zach did. What? It was Brandon Ingram. Okay, so we just have completely different views of this player. But what you can't argue is that Ingram's been shit for the last like three weeks. 150th ranked player. 152nd actually over the last two weeks. He had 12, 5, and 5. He shot 21%. He was on the sell high show about three weeks ago because he turned into Robert Covington and was getting every single steal and block in the world. And now, actually, is he due up for a uh, buy low, sell high review on tomorrow's show? Possible. Could be a good one. He is a buy low, but he's just bad at the moment. He's struggling. He doesn't really fit well. If they had balls, they would trade him. I don't know that they will. Speaking of balls, do you have them enough to drop Trey Murphy? Get that garbage out of here! We've already well established it in a points league. You move on from Trey without any... That's no, no problem. Is he done? But 14 points, 22 minutes, 40% shooting. What he did last season was playing 40 minutes a night with players out, free run at things. Not only did does he that is that not the case this season, but he's coming off a knee surgery in the preseason. And I think it kills you. I think it does you in. I think it's the end of you. For most people, you don't have any preseason. It takes you so long to ramp back up. He was a pretty easy fade if anyone was considering him around the spot that he was last season, which they weren't, thankfully. But we're in a spot now where we are heading towards the fantasy playoffs. I don't know you need to hold him in cats. 10 teams probably move on. 12, it's a, it's a debatable thing. But it's not very good at the moment. Interesting, Jordan Hawkins played over Jose Alvarado here. For the Mavs, um, Tim Hardaway. He went to the locker room and he still played 41 minutes in a 48-minute game. 41 points, 9 threes. He came back from the locker room, of course. Not much else. We know this story. He's not getting 23 shots a night. He's not hitting 9 threes. He's not doing any of this shit. You stream him in while Luca's out, and that is it. Kyrie, 42, 7, and 7. The biggest sell high of all time and the most difficult sell high of all time. Because he is a top 12 player per game without question. He's third over the last two weeks. But his Kyrie, injury risk, foolishness risk, two-game playoff week. And people know that. So even if you tried to sell him, when are you going to get a top 25 guy? And that's not, that doesn't do anywhere near the justice that you need. So try it, but just roll it, I think. So I think the guy you get back is going to be probably worse than a two-game playoff week. Derek Lively returned. I'd add him in all category leagues. Uh, he had 6-12 and 12 in 26 minutes. Well, Muxy Kleber started, played 19 minutes. That's interesting. I don't think we need to hold on to Exxon or Derek Jones. And with Kleber starting, not that we're adding Kleber at all, but just another name to add into that mix. Joshy Green had 13-4-3. Pretty rough from the free throw line overall, though. And that is two games done, and they have taken just way too long to talk about. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. According to the FDA, um, there is you know, a lot of issues with supply chain. Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics left, right, and center, including like really easy, popular ones. Um, amoxicillin, that's an antibiotic that is running out of. I don't know what the other supply chain issues are in pharmacies at the moment because I don't work there, but cephalexin, maybe. Um, flucloxacillin, is that one they're running out of? Perhaps amoxicillin and clavulanic acid combination. All these antibiotics are key for so many things. Respiratory infections, skin infections, urinary tract infections. Having a Jace case, which has five important antibiotics in it at home, can be really, really useful for you to deal with these supply chain issues, but also if you have lack of access to healthcare at home also. You fill out a physician questionnaire. It's a physician encounter, in fact, and they look at it, they give it a tick, they send it over to the pharmacy, licensed pharmacy. They dispense it at a cost that is just far cheaper than you would get these antibiotics normally. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com. Use the code locked on to get $20 off your order. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I thought today might be a long show with 11 games on with a lot to talk about. I didn't expect that the first like two games would take up the bulk of it. Was it two or three? Yeah, two. Jesus. All right. Um, settle in, guys. It's going to be a long one. That's what she said. The third game of the day, Detroit and Washington. And it's I haven't really seen anybody talking about it, but the Pistons won. The trade worked. Get Isaiah Livers off the team and you win a game. 129-117, of course. The traded players did not play. So there's a lot to look at this. One thing I want everybody to be crystal clear about, crystal clear, because it's very easy to make assumptions, and sometimes those assumptions could be correct through blind luck or whatever. But the easy thing to do is look at Marvin Bagley and go, Marvin Bagley is listed on Yahoo as power forward center. And Marvin Bagley is now traded. And wow, look what happened. Isaiah Stewart played 38 minutes and Asar Thompson played 27 minutes. It must be because Bagley was traded. Do we go and grab these guys because Bagley is now not there? And my response to that is Marvin Bagley was playing zero minutes. And Marvin Bagley was playing, when he did play, the one game they chucked him in as the backup, exclusively as the backup center. And the backup center now is James Wiseman as it was all the way through. So it's one of these weird things where a trade happens. Some of the guys you think might have bumped because of the trade, even though it's not logical. But, you know, I got dicked over thinking of that with Jakob Pertl. But there's just so many things here. And the other thing also, Boyan Bogdanovich not here, not playing. So will Gallinari and Mascala come in and be a part of the rotation? I bloody hope not, but it is possible. But what I would say to you is that I don't think we're getting 38 minutes out of Isaiah Stewart. Big Alf had 16-6-4 with a steal and two blocks. Really good game. Shot horribly. Why wouldn't you? Because he's terrible. But that is a big performance. But if Jalen Duran doesn't play 26 minutes, and why did he only play 26 minutes? Nah, a couple of reasons. The Wizards were really small at the end because Gafford went out and they didn't have a center to replace him. Um, and then at the start of the game, Duran got two fouls in about three minutes. And of course, you know he ended up with, what, three fouls, so his coach fouled him out. So if Duran played 34 minutes, and if Boyan played 32 minutes in this game, there's no way that Isaiah's playing 38, I don't think. Throw in any minutes they want to chuck towards Muscala or to Gallinari at all. So, well, okay, go and add Stewart, whatever, it's okay. It's not the slam dunk you might think it is, I don't believe. Asar Thompson also, 14-8, and eight, three steals, 75% shooting, just finished at the rim at will. Amazing, what a player who we've seen do this before can do when you let them do it again. Great stuff. But do I think he's going to play 27 a night? I bloody hope so. But I don't have trust in it. Yes, Isaiah Livers' 20 minutes or so are gone. And Thompson can easily step into them. But also remember that Boyan's not here. And the 33 minutes that Kevin Knox got, well, they're obviously fake, and I don't think he's going to continue to do that. So you could say there's a straight swap of Knox for Bogdanovich. That is possible. Which does leave minutes for Thompson. I'm just not fully ready to commit to that. I think it's, again, you want to get out ahead of it? They showed that it can work. They won. But also, look at who the opponent is. But it was good. Duran had 20 and 19. Didn't talk about his line. Unbelievable. And then Alec Burks played 29 minutes. 34, 2 and 2, 8 threes. Would you believe Alec Burks is top 75 over the last two weeks? Well, you don't have to because I'm telling you. He is absolutely streamable while Kate is out. While Jaden Ivey is still the preference. 24, 7 and 6, 3 blocks. 
The weird, bad free throw shooting is annoying, but it was great from the field, and he just needs to be rostered very clearly. I think Killian Hayes had four, one, and six in his 24 minutes. Yeah, Kevin Knox had five points. Cool. But the Wizards, uh, Dan Gafford, eight and six, 26 minutes, two blocks, hitting the head, didn't return. You know what this means? If Gafford misses, it is literally Marvin Bagley time. And I do not like Marvin Bagley as a player. He's a tall Jalen Green in terms of fantasy production, but you will have to use him. If Gafford is out and you want to take a crack at someone, you do have to use Marvin Bagley because there is nobody else. It has to be him, and he will be available next game. Kuzma got ejected. He'll be fine, though. 21, 8, and 4, three steals, two blocks. Imagine Kyle Kuzma getting his steals and blocks. Wow. And Tyus Jones had 22, 7, and 6. But old mate, um, Shitstone legend Jordan Poole had 16 points on 43% with just an absolute absence of counting stats, and he continues to be one of the things that does my head in the most about this season. Bilal Kulabali had 2-4-2. Two, and two. I, I don't think we need to be holding him. Well, I think Denny can still be rostered. He had 12-2-4 with two blocks there. If you want to talk about a silly season name to watch, Pat Baldwin. 13 minutes, 9 points, 3 threes. There's a bit of garbage time in this. There's the potential that Isaiah Livers takes minutes. But he is a rebounding, three-point shooting, scoring, shot-blocking big man who might be on a team that's terrible. And the guy in front of him is Kyle Kuzma who might be traded or fake injured towards the end of the year. I just wouldn't rule out that we're going to be back here going, huh, huh, is Patrick Baldwin that? You don't add him, you don't stash him, you don't do shit with it. But you keep him on your radar. And you see if anything sort of little tweak, you just you just keep an eye on it. Who knew Hamadou Diallo played for the Wizards? Well, there you go, he does. Revenge game for him as he had um, zero points in one minute. Let's talk about the next game up in New York, Madison Square Garden. The Orlando Magic uh-huh, beat the Knicks 98-94. Good win. No Franz Wagner, no Gary Harris, no Mo Wagner either. Why no Mo Wagner? Was he hurt? No. Was he sick? No. They just decided not to play him. That's okay. They also decided not to play Mr. Black because he's not very good at this point. But they do have other options they can use. They started Jalen Suggs at point guard. Speaking of not very good, he had four points on 13%. He had five rebounds and four assists, but he is in a huge slump. Do not drop. Hold him, please. Chuma Okeke had 15 points in 26 minutes. That's a really good game from Chuma. I'm not adding him outside of like 16-teamers and even then not a long-term thing. While Fultz played 23 minutes and you should go, ooh, okay, that's interesting. I need him to get to 27. He had six points only. The seven assists are nice. I still wouldn't think that he's a must-add player, but it's trending correctly. Wendell Carter only 19 minutes, but he had 17 points in that time. And one thing that was absent from him at the start of the year, he took no shots at all. And now he's taking them and the production's better. I don't know that he's an ad. I think it's totally reasonable to suggest he could be, though. Chuma, not Chuma Kiki, what's his name? Uh, Gogo Badadze. Three points, yuck. But he had 11 rebounds, he didn't block a shot. Just a rough night. I do think he can be a 12-team league guy, but his upside's relatively low. For the Knicks, no Jalen Brunson, but we, do we need to have the conversation about trading away Brunson so that Juice McBride can start? 20 points, 36 minutes, four threes, one assist, two steals, and a block. Um, that was awesome. I would love an option here to, to use McBride. And I just gave that enough pause to let all of the Knicks fans who think that I hate them and hate Jalen Brunson to get on the keyboards and type stuff in. No, they're not obviously doing that. And Jalen Brunson's clearly better. But what I am really interested in is that Juice McBride looks good. That's two games in a row that he's been very good. And I would have absolutely no hesitation in streaming him in if Brunson was out again. And then he'll go back and play seven minutes next game. DiVincenzo, not as good, but 15-6-4 still gets it done. I am jacking Josh Hart. Get that! Four and six and Randall, man, 15, six and five, 28% on 60% shooting. Interesting that Paulo Banquero was almost as bad. 20 and six with no defensive stats, 47 and 40 from the line. That just 
Spider-Man memeing each other. Isaiah Hartenstein played 28 minutes. He had foul trouble. This is not Precious Achua cutting into his playing time. This is the referees doing it and Tom Thibodeau. 7-12 and 12 for Hartenstein there. Not a defensive stat game from him, but who cares? Well, Achua had 6 in 20 minutes. Cool. Good for him. Good game from Ananobi, but still no. Where's the steals? What's going on? 17 points, 3 threes, 4 assists. And it's probably enough for that one. Should we do the next game? What a grand idea. It is the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks. And you look at this game and you go, oh, 99, 106. All right. I guess it must have been pretty close. Oh, sorry, 109. That says 109, doesn't it? Yeah. My scoreboard here says 106. What is the actual score? Now I am confused. All right. So the 109, 99 is correct. I don't know what the hell my box score is telling me. But anyway, that's where we're at. Um, but it was a weird one because the Hawks were like 35 points up at halftime and Pop just benched everyone, including Victor Wembanyama, to start the second half. Wembenyama was scoreless at halftime. But the man ends up with 26-13, four assists, two steals, four blocks. It's going to be in line for monstrous line of the night again. This is, this is bullshit. What is going on with this guy? He played 27 minutes as well. Is the restriction being listed, lifted finally? I don't know. Zero points in the first half. And he comes out with the best fantasy line of the day or close enough to it. Yeah, he's good. We know this. But that's stupid, obviously. Uh, Sohan played 38 minutes, also benched, obviously, at halftime. 23, 8, and 4, and Richie Benno, two threes, two steals, and two blocks. He's top 100 over the last two weeks. I don't think that he's a must roster, but when we're talking ad nauseum about him being here, he's a stream guy. Like, he's useful to have. I don't know if you have to hold him. That's more than useful, though. I don't fully trust it, but I'm interested. Trey Jones had 6, 1, and 12 with three steals. He's a must roster player. But let's talk about a couple of spuds here, because Devin Vassell stunk, four points, 18%. Yuck. Four assists. That's all right. A block. He's struggling at the moment. That's okay. He does go through um, big drops. That's nothing compared to the horse, though. Five points, 26 minutes, 9% shooting. That is not an audio typo. 9%. Six rebounds, no assists. And I, this doesn't surprise me because I don't think he's good, nor have I ever. I think we are rapidly approaching the jack-off territory for the horse. Get that garbage out of here. He's not doing very much off the bench. The minutes are down, rightfully so. I don't think he is that good. And that is just my evaluation of him as a player. And he is struggling mightily. And if you wanted to move on in a category league, I think it would be, I think you'd actually be okay. You'd survive. You don't have to do it, of course, but it is trending down quickly. For the Hawks, Jalen Johnson, 16 and 10. I, that's, I look, that's pretty nice. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then six assists and six deals as well. This guy continues to be ridiculous. While Trey Young had a topsy-turvy game as well, much like Wembenyama. Uh, big first half, quiet second half. 36, 6 and 12, but good to see a big volume game because he's been down a little bit. Speaking of um, being down, DeJounte Murray had 10 points with 13 rebounds, which is good, but no assists, no steals, shot 36% and attempted no free throws. I will continue to tell you that I do not believe that DeJounte Murray is going to be on this team and he is two of uh, one of my two most likely to be traded players. I've heard too many things about him on this team to suggest that he will be here. Where he moves, I can't tell you. Is it a better or worse situation? Can't tell you. Is anyone coming back that will take his role? Can't tell you any of that. I wish I knew. If I did, I would tell you. But what I am watching on this team that is so bad with a guy that has popped up his name as being untouchable along with Jalen and Trey is Kobe Bufkin, who has been done doing nothing at the NBA level at all. But if this team goes nowhere, I would watch for Kobe Bufkin in late March to be a top 100 fantasy player. I'm not recommending you stash him. 
unless you've got the unbelievable ability to do that in some leagues, which you can in some. Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl, for example. Just think there's going to be something there. Bogdan Bogdanovich is struggling. He might be traded at some point too. Five points on 20%. The Jalen Johnson return has hurt him a lot in terms of minutes. This is just a shooting issue though, but we're getting to that stage. And we're getting to that stage with the Nekrokongwe. What do we do? Because his production is not cutting it. We're not getting much crossover with him and Capella. We are three weeks or so away from the trade deadline. And that is it. Like that is your hope now. I actually don't think Capella is being traded necessarily. I would put it at like 20%. But in past years, I would have put it at 2%. So it's way higher. If you have made it all this time, points leagues, I'm not talking to you. You should have dropped in weeks ago and you continue to drop in your Krakonga in 12s. Don't worry about it. 10-team cats, I'm okay with moving on. 12-teamers, you're in a spot where like, if you're at the top of the standings, you just wait and see what happens at the deadline. If you're not, if you're in the middle, well, you just might have to move on. It is is a tough decision to make, but just nothing's nothing's really shifting here. It's not really shifting. Capella had 13-11 with four blocks. Cool, Good, good for you, Clint. Let's talk about the next game because this is probably the one that I think most people were looking to hear. And let's do it right now because the Golden State Warriors got pantsed by half of the Memphis Grizzlies. 116-107. This was the return of Draymond Green. He played 24 minutes off the bench, 7-7-4. That's like a Draymond line. I wouldn't bother adding him in a points league. In a category league, I'd consider it, but it's got to suit my team. His minutes will ramp up. Well, we need to see what would happen to Trace Jackson Davis. He played three minutes in the first half. Disgusting. Now, I just want to also quickly just tell people something. You've heard it before. We all just need to pull back a little bit. The amount of times I get people popping off at quarter time or half time about minutes or production or whatever. You know how crazy shit changes? Just look at Victor Wembanyama. Now, I'm not saying that much changed here. He played three minutes in the first half. And he played seven in the second half. He had zero points, Jackson Davis, with two blocks. I still think he's actually pretty good. That's not a good line. And if you want to move on, even though I do think he plays more than this in a lot of games, they're going to this let's rely upon the veterans scenario. It won't work because look who they lost to, but they will do it for a bit and then we can re-add him later on. But just, I think most of the time I'm just going to ignore most. Do I drop this guy? This is shit. Um, Do I add him after like five minutes in a game? Because man, stuff, there's so much variance in a week, let alone after 12 minutes. Just be cautious about that for your own sake, about moving and adding and all that sort of stuff. Pajemski had 8-4-4 four, and four in 27 minutes with Steph back. He obviously wasn't able to maintain 12 value, so I think we can move on. Get that garbage out of here! Well, it was interesting that Kaminga played 29 minutes, even with Draymond back, and he had like a Kaminga line, 20 and 11. That's cool. That's Marvin Bagley with no assists, no steals, no blocks, which is fine for a points league. I'm not certain that he's a must roster in categories. I would hold after this, though. Steph had a really quiet first or start of the game. Of course, he was good after that. 26-4-8, two steals and a block. Sharich had 13-7, and and he is putting up at least 14 team value at the moment. And they continue to start Kavon Looney, for what reason, I don't know, 8-5 and in his 18 minutes. Let's talk Wiggins, 31 minutes. Cool. He's played 30 minutes in three straight games. The 16-5 and looks all right. But they just got spanked by this Grizzlies team. And this is just not working with these guys. I'm not saying Wiggins was at fault, but this stuff can't keep going. Something is going to change. If you want to add Wiggins, go for it. I won't. And when I talk about... I know you're going to get upset. When I talk about this, when I talk about players being a washed watch, like Clay Thompson, which I've done many times, it's because of this. But Josh, he was great. I know. He did have a really strong stretch. But he has too many of these. Nine points, no rebounds, 40% shooting. It's what happens when you get old. You can't maintain any sort of level of high consistency. You can have little runs and stretches. And that's annoying for us in fantasy. Clay is obviously not the same player. 
but you can still put it together for a couple of games. I thought this would be the team that I wanted to look at the most. But of course, they've played another team where we've got to look at things way more. Also, shout out to um, bag-stealing legend Corey Joseph, who was a minus seven in seven minutes and should never play in the NBA again. And that's a message that someone sent me from 2019. It was me. I sent it. Why has he been on rosters all this time? Must be the best bloke in the world. Shout out to Garrett Temple. For the Grizzlies, no Bain, no Smart, no Morant, no Adams, no Rose, no Clark, no LaRavia. Also, no John Concha, DMP City. Interesting. So they did go with the starting lineup of Luke Kennard at point guard. A little surprising. They started Zaire Williams, who played 20 bench minutes, basically. Not bench minutes, but that is a bench role. He had four points. I I think he might just be bad. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not adding Zaire. Vince Williams started. Jaron Jackson returned. And the cashier was at center. Let's start with Tillman. 30 minutes, two points. You go, that is dreadful, my guy. And the number one thing to look at there is go, well, is it, it's because Jaron and Santi returned that he was bad. Not really. Did they make him shoot 17%? I really doubt that. Did they take away a shot or two? Maybe. But he still had four rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, and played 30 minutes. And to me, it's enough to hold. No one, I don't think anyone is taking this center spot away at this stage unless they go to Jaron there, and I don't think they will. And even if they do, Jaron's not lasting the year. Jaron had 18, 5, and 5 with four steals and a block. Shot 20%. Of course he did, including three of 14 from three. Just dreadful stuff. I'd be, I'd want a top, I'd trade him for any top 60 player, I think. Um, yeah, as for Tillman, I'd be okay holding. We, we keep monitoring it, but I'm not super discouraged, even though it's not a good line. David Roddy moved to the bench, had 12 and 7 in 21 minutes. He's not very good. So that's reasonable. Do you want to talk good? Let's talk, actually, let's talk bad again. Because the Duck played 32 minutes, Luke Kennard. He had 11, 2, and 5, shot 22%. He's perfect free throw stretch continue, and he took five of them, which is way more than he usually does. I would be holding him if I added him. He is not a 22% shooter. He can't hit threes at all at the moment. This is the best three-point shooter in the NBA. If that comes on and he goes 50%, instead of going you know, two of nine, he's five of nine, three extra threes, six points, 17, two, and five in a steal, you're here lifting up your desk with no hands. I know you've already done that, but not for Luke Kennard. So just hold. You've done it for Vince Williams, who played 38 minutes and had 24, seven, and four with two steals and a block. He went to the line 10 times, which is an insane number. He hit 90%. He shot 50% from three and 60% from two. This is great. I love these minutes. Vince Williams should be added. I thought he'd be an interesting 12-team-ish fringe guy. This is obviously exceeding any expectation that I had. I'm also not sure that that's going to hold. I don't think we're going to be sitting here going, well, yep, well I'm going to expect Vince Williams to be a 20-usage guy who hits every shot in the world. What do you have a true shooting of this one? 78%. Like, just not going to happen. But good ad. The next one takes us on to Gregory Jackson, which... You know that I mentioned this before anybody, which is cool. But I also don't think I was particularly forceful on it. Everything that I've said about GG Jackson holds. Some people can get confused about this because I tweeted and some people do get confused. I have been talking about their need for a creator that he is going to get opportunities and shots because they don't have anyone who creates a shot. That is true. That remains true. I think that it was ridiculous that he fell to 45 in the draft and signed a two-way. That also remains true. I'm also not convinced he's going to be a must-roster 12-team league player. Get out ahead of it. We know the rules. Get out ahead of it. No problem. He's currently like not rostered in many spots. He will be soon. 29 minutes, 23 points. Five threes, six rebounds, two steals, two blocks. He played the final 17 minutes of this game, GG Jackson. This was with Jaron and Santi back. And the only guy that might even return here is maybe Rose and Smart later on. He's got a role rest of season. He can play every game and play 28 minutes a night. I don't think without too much question. 
They need his shot creation. That is all well and good. I'm just... I don't want to be a full like water pour on because again, I am I'm on the front of the train here, leading it with GG. But we've got to be realistic. He's not going to shoot sixty seven percent from the field. He's he shot forty one percent from two in college. In college, four, that's unfathomable. How how do you do that? That's a ridiculous number. No, I expect him to be better than that. But I also don't expect him to be a ninety two true shooting player, which he was here. He also got two steals and two blocks. Not going to happen. He was five uh, of eight from three. Not going to happen. Will he take shots? Yes, yes, he will. A lot of them. Will he bring defensive sets? He's not bad at them. Like, they're okay. And he's absolutely, again, don't get it confused. You can go and add GG Jackson. But some of the players that people have been suggesting to drop for him have been crazy to me. He can easily have this role, if not more, rest of season. But I do fear that we'll be here in like a week or two going, man, like, what's... What's Tennessee's Cam Thomas doing? Took 20 shots and he hit four of them and he had like 12, zero and zero. I think there's a risk of that. Add him, get out ahead of it. We do all of that. But let's just like, if that desk is rising, maybe it's just like, just put it down a little bit, just a little bit before you get too crazy and start making insane drop moves. But I'd love to see it. I love thinking through it. It's part of what I love about this job. He's thinking through a problem. Okay, well, they don't have shot creators. Who the hell's going to do it? It's got to be him. Yeah, that's a out-of-the-box suggestion considering he'd played 50 minutes, less less than 50 minutes in the NBA before the last two games. And I was like, they're going to have to do it. I think he played 30 minutes. Okay, it's got to be him. It's going to have to be him. And it worked out. But the warts of his game, this is what I tweeted out. Like, it probably won't work out. The youngest player in the NBA who's a high-usage, low-efficiency player through college He's probably not going to be a great category league guy. I don't even know if he gets through it with volume. He might, but I don't know that he does. But we try it. We get ahead of it. I still like him as a player. I still think there is... He's it's ridiculous he fell so far. But expectations should just be in check somewhat as this show rolls on. I'd love to hear your GG take. I'd love to hear it. Right, whenever this happens and I know that I talked about it and I go, I just wasn't enough on it, and that annoys me because I could have because I, I believed in quite a bit of it. But you know the mantra. Get out ahead. Cavs-Bulls. Um, 109, Cleveland, 91, Chicago. You saw something here pretty weird as well. Andre Drummond played next to Nikola Vucevic. Drummond had eight points, 10 rebounds, two steals, two blocks. And you go, whoa, do I go back and add Drummond? But let me just put it this way. There was no Troy Craig. He's obviously out for a long time. But no Pat Williams. And they just didn't want to use Terry Taylor. Fair enough. So they went with Vuce and Drummond. I don't think that's a regular occurrence. Vooch was like, the, he's the middest bloke in the world. 17, 10, and 4, and 42%. Shot 14% from three. His efficiency is washed. Last year was a gigantic outlier. This is who he is, I think. Levine, I thought played really well. 17, 4, and 4, lower usage, but pretty good. DeRozan, what is this shit? 6 and 6. Two steals, a block, 38%. Ugh, yuck. Um, and Kobe White, I thought was really poor in this game. Even though the counting stats are right, 18-4-3, two blocks, great. Imagine getting two blocks and one steal from Kobe White, and this Aussie dickhead comes out and says, yeah, he sucked. Because he didn't play very well. But he got you those numbers. He was bad from the field, bad from the line, and had a million turnovers. I think the actual answer is seven. If I go and look at the number. Um, no, I can't find it. Yeah, it is seven, isn't it? Yep, seven. Shit house. Cool. We're holding him. The Cavs. What do we need to do with the Winter Soldier Max Struess? Two points, 35 minutes, five rebounds, four assists, 13%. 
He has a track record of being bad at fantasy. He was good for the first 25 games or so of this season um, and has not been good for the last stretch of time. He's 173rd over the last two weeks. I am inclined to hold, but I've only got him projected like 125th rest of season, which in a shallow league is not a must. Slammin' Sammy Merrill is now the Sam that you use to stream him for threes. He had 15 points with four threes and two steals. Jarrett Allen had 10 and 14 with two steals and two blocks. And Mitchell had 34, three and seven, two steals. And I look at that from Don Mitchell and go, yeah, that's fine. That's just what he is. Doesn't even get excitement from me. It's pretty good. It's nice. Good for you. Uh, Okoro did nothing when Levert had 16, seven and seven with bad field goals. And that is a Karis Levert special. He does remain a rosterable player until at least uh, Darius Garlo Garland returns. Let us go on to the next one. It is your Miami Heat up against my Brooklyn Nets. Um, how about this? I'll, go, I'll do that quote in a sec. The Heat win it 96-95 in overtime. These assholes always find a way to get there. There was no Jaime Huckers. It looks like he's going to miss the next game as well. No Kevin Love also. Jimmy Butler returned. First game back. Overtime, 40 minutes. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? Missed seven in a row with a toe issue. Why wouldn't you play 40 minutes? 31-5 and 4-2 steals. If I could get rid of him, I would do it immediately. He took 16 free throw attempts, which of course he does. He hit 15 of them. Great game. Shit scared of what happens now. Tyler Hero had 29-11, while Bam played 44 minutes. 11 points. That's yuck. 29%. Also terrible. But 20 rebounds and 4 assists. He's been a weird one this season, Bam. He's been fine, but he hasn't been great. And then we get to the Nikola Jovic. Little Chungus continued to start. He had five points in 19 minutes. I do believe that he won't hold that job for long because Caleb Martin played 34 minutes and had nine points in a triple one. I wouldn't bother with Caleb in a 12-teamer. He's more of a 14-team to 16-team league player. We're not holding Kyle Lowry, who had two points. He's an assist streamer, and that's it. And then Duncan Robinson. I thought that was a good opportunity for Duncan here with Jaime out. He had zero points in 22 minutes and missed all four of his shots. So, Jack Armstrong, what do you reckon? Get that garbage out of here! On the Brooklyn side, some very interesting developments. Let's start with the good. 44 minutes for Mikhail Bridges, 26-9-6, and six, two steals, two blocks, two threes. Richie Benno says hi. He was inefficient, but we still like the production. And then um, Cam Thomas was good. I said it. See? I can say it. 32 minutes, 23 points. Now, of course, he shot 35% on 20 attempts, which is annoying. He was 7-7 seven of seven from the line, and he had two rebounds and no defensive stats. If I'm in a points league, I'm encouraged that he played 30-plus the last two games. In a category league, there's a lot of damage that he does. And this is the quote. I asked Cam Thomas if he's gained a comfortability with the Nets rotation since coming off the bench. No, I'm just doing my job. But no, I don't really have no comfortability coming off the bench or starting. Whatever he wants me to do, that's what I'm a do. Okay. All right, mate. No worries. Really interesting stuff. Is Cam Thomas a dickhead? Maybe. Potentially. Speaking of dickheads... Some word that Ben Simmons is traveling with his team on this trip. And let me express my um, Australian biased reaction to that and what you should do. I don't care. See, Let me see this man on the court playing 28 minutes a night and then I'll remotely consider it. He's traveling. Good for him. I don't care. We also told he was going to be out like three days, three months ago. I don't care. I'm not rushing to add him. I do not care. I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, I, I'm just not doing it. But you can, whatever. Not, not here for it. What we do need to talk about, though, is how shit Spencer Dinwiddie is. Get that garbage out of here! I went hard on him in the Paris game, and they went, oh, no, he's actually sick. So I recanted a little bit. I said, oh, mate, be fair. No, he's just shit. Three points, 20 minutes, benched again for Dennis Smith. Smith played 32 minutes, had eight, five, and five, four steals and a block. Now, what you're not going to get out of Smith is points. But you'll get everything else. 
And I don't mind him, as at least as a 14-team ad. Definitely worth a look in 12s. And Dinwiddie, jack him. Like, he's terrible. He's a bad category player to begin with. His minutes are down. He's not shooting anything. He's bad. We're going to have a conversation about Cam Johnson as well, because he was also terrible. And this goes back to like the Trey Murphy missed your preseason scenario. He missed the preseason with a hamstring, came back, pinged it again. He's not right. He doesn't look good at all. This is a guy you rely upon for 41% shooting from three, and he can't do it anymore. Everything's down. His minutes are down. He had six points on 23% in 23 minutes. Now, I firmly believe he's a better shooter than this. But if I'm in a 10-team league, I think he can go. If I'm in a points league, 12, he can go as well. In a 12-team category, I don't know. It's not looking good. He's outside the top 150 for the season. Um, but I still believe we've got a track record of him being a good shooter. We're just not seeing it. Royce O'Neal played a lot of extra minutes here. 15, 9, and 5. That's the first good game I've seen from him in 10 years. So that's cool. I'm not reacting to it. They played him with small ball center a little bit. And that meant that Claxton played 43 minutes. 9 and 14 with two blocks. Would have liked a little bit more efficiency out of the big fella, Nick Claxo Claxton. The next game, we are getting through this eventually. The Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. No Jalen Brown in part of their scheduled rest policy. Al Horford started. He had 10 and 11 with two threes, which is totally reasonable, but not enough for me to hold your streaming in when someone's out, and that's probably about it. Drewy Holiday, he'd been really quite poor, but a nice bounce back. 22, 6, and 7, one steal, two blocks. Tatum had 19, 14, and 6. Good game. Bad field goals. And Derek White, also bad field goals, but he had 22 points in 37 minutes. This drop from Derek White's been pretty dramatic. He's outside the top 130 over the last two weeks. I'm sorry, Derek. I didn't mean to do it by putting on the sell high list. Can you recover? Sure. Will you be the same guy as before? Almost definitely not. Porzingis had 15 and 6 with two blocks. And I'm glad when the Celtics come up, I don't need to talk about them. There's nothing interesting there. There is some interesting stuff in Toronto because they're led by my five, my two favorite players of all time, Rowan Barrett and Scotty Barnes. Now, of course, they lost again, their fourth consecutive loss. Barnes played 41 minutes, and that's in jest. I'd have actually no issue with well, no issue with RJ Barrett. I don't like him as a player, but that's fine. Good bloke, seems fine. Um, Barnes totally fine, like he's been much better this season. But but won't it be really interesting if Scotty Barnes' end of season ranking ends up being like in the 50s? Because he is uh, struggling. 116th over the last two weeks. We worried a bit about the trade. I put him on the guys that, hmm, maybe is there a hit here when that trade happened? And yeah, like it's bad. 17 usage for Barnes, 10 points. The 13 rebounds are good. They've been down, but that's good. He had two steals. He shot 41%. All the stuff that is sort of carrying him to this big breakout has sort of disappeared. The usage is down. The efficiency is down. He's struggling in a big way. I think you'd be pretty silly to expect back to first round value for him. Where do I have him rest of season? 32nd. That's actually higher than I thought I did. Hmm. As for Ron Barrett, the sell high is open. This was good. 29, 9, and 4. But it is still Ron Barrett. No threes, no steals, no blocks. Two of three from the line. So how did he do it? Oh, yeah, he shot 73% from two. Like, it's just not... It, for as much as it's holding through most of these games, it won't. It just, it just won't. And I am very, very strongly in favor of my own statement there. Of course, I am. Vote one, Josh, of course. Um, but you can use him while he's playing well. That's cool. Just understand that this is not a transformation. He is not the best shooter of all time now. That's just not what happened. Quickly was pretty solid, 21-6-3. Rough shooting from him. You're going to get that. While Schroeder had 13-7. and seven. Like That's all right. I think we still hold him, but there's just real no upside for Schroeder. So if there is someone you want to take a crack at with a bit more upside, I don't think there's a problem with moving on. They did the thing that you get annoyed at, right? So if Jakob Pertl's there, you go, oh, they've been playing Jonte Porter and Chris Boucher, so maybe it's those guys. No, it's actually Thad Young. Psych. 
And you go, well, of course it is. Why wouldn't why wouldn't it be Thad Young who never plays ever? And now he plays 30 minutes in the first game. Then it went 30, 24, 12, benched. Now he played a few more minutes here. Thad, he played 16. He had a weird line. Zero points, four rebounds, seven assists and two steals. But he got benched for Jonte Porter. We go, all right, that's interesting. Jonte played 30 minutes last game. Obviously wasn't just because of Thad Young foul trouble. And then he had uh, two points in 15 minutes. So you go, whatever. But then Jonte had foul trouble here. In the end, I don't think we look, need to look at Jonte Porter or to Thad Young as 12-team league guys. Shout out to Chris Boucher being dreadful. The next game, yeah, we'll get to that one. The, uh, are the Utah Jazz ever going to lose again? I'm not sure. 132-105, they take care of the paces. Because they're not just winning. They're like smashing teams. And yeah, there's, there's just a lot to talk about here. Indiana got killed. Jarris Walker played 26 minutes. Now, a lot of that is garbage time, but he had eight points. But four rebounds, four assists, four steals, two blocks. Keep an eye. Like Kobe Bufkin, just keep an eye. He's not likely to do it for the Pacers, although I wish he would. Maybe it's another team if they trade for somebody. Very interesting. I don't really know what Rick Carlisle is doing. He continues to start Andrew Nempard, who I'm just not convinced is very good. 14, 0, and 4 for Nempard. Look, he didn't shoot terribly 50%, but a minus 20 and then TJ McConnell comes on. He's a plus three in a 27-point loss and plays only 19 minutes. It's really frustrating, this minute split. Because if they do want to win games, like, I get it. You'd be like, okay, we're rebuilding. We want to see what Nempard, our second-round player, second-year, second-round player can do. I get it. But I don't think that's what you're trying to do, is it? Maybe you are. Because McConnell's clearly the better player. TJ had eight, five, and five in 19 minutes, which I'm still holding. It's just annoying. That he's playing so little. Nempard, 14 points. That's still 12 teamish, but it's, it, it, I just don't think he's very good. Buddy Heald played 23 minutes with 14 points. Benedict Matherin hurt his ankle, didn't return. I think you can drop Matherin in 12 team leagues. Get that garbage out of here. Miles Turner played 17 minutes. Real slow patch for him. Big buy low opportunity. And then we think Isaiah Jackson could step up, but absolutely not. He had one point in eight minutes because he got into foul trouble as well. Four fouls in those eight minutes. This is just like the whole fourth quarter was garbage time. Oscar Shebway and Kendall Brown played the fourth quarter. So you can look at what Jarris did. It's really good. It's interesting, but don't overreact to it. Jalen Smith, 12 and 6, 19 minutes. It's good, but I can't trust it. I can't trust anything on this team. There was no Bruce Brown or Neesmith and obviously no Tyrus Halliburton, but they got smashed. Ben Shepard had four points in 25 minutes. The most nondescript first round pick ever. Yeah, so what do we do? Like, I think Nempard's 12. I'm holding McConnell. Jalen's a streamer for 12s. They've got a good schedule this week. Back-to-back coming up end of the week, which you can look at. Miles Turner's a buy-low. Like, Obi Toppin played 13 minutes. He's just not that good. He's like a stream guy only. Matherin's not a cat must-hold. He's probably is in points, but even then, he's not top 150 this season. Just hasn't really taken the step forward, has he? Let's talk about the Jazz, because what is going on with this team? Marketing just goes 32 and 10 in 28 minutes, but what about my man? The man that is closest to the MVP that we've ever seen, Colin Sexton. I, I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening, because to start the season, brutal, eighteen minutes a night off the bench, stunk, useless, shitful. Keontae George goes down. They don't play the same position. Sexton plays at shooting guard. Then Clarkson got hurt, and Sexton started, and he doesn't even play starters minutes. He had thirty points in twenty-four minutes. He had four threes with five assists on 65%. Over the last two weeks, this madman is a top 40 player in 23 minutes a night. How is this happening? At some point, the bubble is going to burst. 
But bloody hell, it's amazing. You got to keep going with him. Even, even Keontae George, is he figuring it out? 19, 0, and 5 with 3 threes, 24 minutes. Now, the upside's a little bit capped by the way the minutes are rolling, but he's good too. I think we just keep an eye on that. Um, Clarko had 17, 3, and 2. I think he's a hold. Chris Dunn got the minutes back. He had another 12 team line. 4, 2, and 6, two steals and a block. Probably more in the stream zone along with Keontae George. What about the Walker Kessler scenario? Well, he had five blocks. Is that enough to win you the week on his own? We'll find out. He had four points in 25 minutes with five rebounds. Um, still holding him, but it continues to be frustrating. While the little John Collins explosion exploded in reverse, inverted, 10 and 6 in 20 minutes, he continues to be not very good. But they somehow keep doing it. Playing players like Fontecchio and Abaji in this rotation, it's actually ludicrous. Will Hardy's a wizard. I don't know what's going on here. I can't explain it. And I was having a lot of trouble figuring out their rotations. I don't have that trouble anymore. I know what their rotations are now. I just don't know how it's being done. I don't know how they're winning. I don't know what's happening. I know where the value is. It's Markin must roster. Sexton must roster. Clarkson must roster. Kessler we're holding. Collins streamable. Dunn streamable. George streamable. Olenek probably streamable who had four, six, and four here. And it's just Will Hardy being an absolute like goaded legend, realistically. All right, final game of the day. The Thunder fall to the Lakers, 112-105. Shea did play in this one. Wouldn't say he was at his best, but he was still pretty good. 24-3-6 with a triple one. It was also a huge game from the Bronco, Jalen Williams. 35 minutes, 25-3-6 with three steals. Love what he's been doing. The usage is up at the moment. His assist rate has also been uh, spiking, which is great. He's also continuing on this insane efficiency run. And I know that there'll be the people out there who love Jalen Williams, and I do too. He's just not a 50% three-point shooter. I'm telling you, that's just not, that's not holding. But you just enjoy what you're getting. Like, it's great. If someone wants to buy as a top 30 player, I would sell him for a top 30 player. Otherwise, I just enjoy this because nobody's a 50% three-point shooter, very clearly. He's taking steps forward, and he's awesome. Cool. Chet Holmgren, 9-8 and eight with three blocks. Lou Dort, Lou Dorted, 11-7 and seven with three threes. That's totally fine. That's streamable, and they've got a good schedule. Joshy Giddy, yeah, I don't know about this one, 8-5-3 and three for him with a block on 25% shooting. He'd been playing better, absolutely. So I think we give a little bit of a pass here, but not ideal. Kaysen Wallace had five points, and there's not really much else to talk about, I think, with the Thunder. For the Lakers, Darvin Ham came out, and before you criticize the man, you should. But before you criticize the man, just be aware that that initial quote that came out was incorrect and not his fault. The quote that was pushed around by the media was that he was going back to last year's starting lineup which was Reeves, Russell, Vanderbilt, LeBron, and Davis. But that's not what happened. So he came out with the the standard line of coaches. Yeah, we're going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. So I rolled my eyes. So I almost lost one of them. That's how hard I rolled my eyes back. Because we know what a coach foreseeable future means. We've seen it from Ham already. We've seen it from Kerr. Last a day, usually. And this one lasted an hour. But it was a misquote from the reporter. What actually happened Apparently, this is what or it was. Um, I think it was Dave McMenamin who, who said this. He, he asked the question, and he said, "Hey, what, what are you doing with the the? You're going, are you going back to the lineup?" And Ham interrupted and said, "Yeah, we are. We're doing it for the foreseeable future." But McMenamin was still asking the question, saying, "Are you going back to last year's lineup at all?" Ham thought he meant you're going back to the lineup from last game. Then it got clarified, but it wasn't until like 30 minutes later that the details of that came out. So it was the same lineup. Well, as last game, I guess, with LeBron in there replacing Cam Reddish. So this is the new starting lineup. Reddish is out for a while. Uh, Davis, 27, 15, and 5, 38 minutes, continues to be really awesome. And LeBron had um, his game back 25, 7, and 6, but just rough from the line. Missed his only free throw, no defensive stats. 
D'Angelo Russell played 36 minutes. Now, obviously, the volume's not going to be there with LeBron there, but 14-2-7 with two steals is great. Good numbers from D'Lo. I guess he's back in the good grace. He's been wildly inconsistent this season. We know this, but this is a good run from him. I still don't think that another team is going to want him to play in this role, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I also have to tell you that Christian Wood is playing well. I only played 14 minutes, but 11-7 and seven with three blocks, and Wood now is top 100 over the last two weeks. Easily, actually. Top 80. And no one is talking about him. No one's rostering him. Fair enough. Because you probably shouldn't in a lot of spots, but there's definite some, there's some definite 12-team stream value somehow in the crucifix. Austin Reeves was better. 15-3-7 and seven is good with a block. And Jared Vanderbilt had 5-4 and four with three steals. Hachimura did nothing. And Torian Prince had three points in his... That's unfair on Rui. He, had, he, he did a Rui. He had 12 points with three rebounds. He also added two blocks, but we're obviously not rostering Hachimura. And then Torian Prince had three points in 31 minutes, and he is nothing more than a stream guy. That is the 11 games done. So let's see what we need to do now. Let's just do a stream of the day recap. 10-teamer was TJ McConnell. That did not work out at all. His minutes have been under 20 the last two games, and I do not understand it. He's clearly better than Andrew Nempard, and the minutes are confusing, so there you go. Alex Crusoe was the 12-team stream. 10-3-3, and three steals and a block. You take that one. Um, and Andrew Nempard was the 14-team stream. He had 14 with four assists and a steal, and that's pretty good for a 14-teamer. Your 16-teamer, even though I don't think he's got any real long-term value, was Jacob Gilliard. He had 11-2-3 with two steals and a block. Absolutely fantastic for 16. And then your points league was Xavier Tillman for ESPN and Yahoo. He had 20 points in both. That's not very good, but I do think he's a hold, more so in categories than in points, but I do think that he is... um, I do think that he's holdable. Let's do monstrous line of the night. Who's it going to be? Tough question. Few options, but not when I tell you that the monstrous line of the night is also the young gun of the night, the best performer uh, of the day, who was also a first or second year player. You know him. He had zero points in the first half, and he still ends with a monstrous. Weminyama had 26 points. He had 13, not points again, 13 rebounds and four blocks. Good for him. Just actually ludicrous stuff from this man. Um, the wrong button there. The waiver wire line of the night is the best player available in 50% plus of leagues. And we are going to Alec Burks, who had 34 points with eight triples with Kade out. There's definite stream value with Burks. It's not going to be consistent, but it's there. And then lastly, we go to the dud of the night, the worst performer who is rostered across the majority of leagues. And our dud of the night today goes to the horse, Keldon Johnson. The man had five points and shot 9% from the field. Doesn't get much worse than that. Cam Johnson was close, but it doesn't get much worse than that. Let's do your top six players now across the various uh, little formats that we look at. Your top player or top six players for category leagues today. Number one, obviously, was Wembenyama. Number two, Trey Young, followed by Joel Embiid, Timmy Hardaway, Don Mitchell, and Lowry Markkinen. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. The tops two, top two there are pretty interesting. Alec Burks and Jeremy Sohan. Probably got some 12-team value. The next two are even more interesting. Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson. We've got to add them in 12s. G.G., you've already heard me talk about. Probably want to get out ahead of it, but we'll see. Um, Royce O'Neal, and then I've written Sam Errol. His actually name is Merrill. We don't do much with those ones. Merrill is a good three-point stream guy, and that is about it. And then your top points league guys today. Number one was Trey Young, followed by Weminyama, Embiid, Irving, Anthony Davis, and Mikhail Bridges. Lastly, a bit of a checklist check-in. To see how we all look, we are looking at the two Grizzlies guys. We're adding Vince universally. He will drop from where he is. We can add GG with the understanding of, you know, some of this stuff is probably not going to hold, including the shooting. I think Jeremy Sohan is worth a look, if not for a value streamer, maybe a little bit more. 
I think we can drop Trace Jackson Davis as well as Brandon Pajemski. I also think that we can cast off uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And you could consider Dennis Smith or even a Chris Dunn as an option for certain um, fantasy teams, depending on the value that you ascribe to the categories they are good at. That brings us to the end of an absolutely beltingly long Martin Luther K, K? Martin Luther King Day recap. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, why don't you become one of my very special DB squad members? A double banger. Watch the video, listen to the audio, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are thankfully done now. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and watching. members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today